It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Fringe Radio Network is supported by advertising and donations. But Tony K in A Minute to Midnight is supported 100% by donations only. Please visit AMinuteToMidnight.com and support Tony K and his family. Tony K needs your help. So we ask you to visit AMinuteToMidnight and support him. AMinuteToMidnight.com You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Hi folks, welcome to the A Minute to Midnight show. It's Tony coming to you from New Zealand on a spring morning, which is actually quite a nice morning. And with me I am talking to Stan Deo, who of course you stand in autumn heading towards colder weather, I'm sure, where you are at this point, where we're going the other way, thankfully. Yeah, it is getting cooler here. We're having to uh, occasionally put in the heaters into the uh, uh, tomato bushes and stuff to keep them working for a little bit longer. Uh-huh, yes. Well, I don't envy you. I'm a bit sick of winter, so <laughs> you've still got it to come. So, yeah, boy, there's a lot to happening in the world at the moment, and um, I'm really interested to catch your position on some things, particularly the Middle East situation, which I know is a you know powder keg to even discuss in some ways, and like with propaganda often on both sides of a, a conflict when it comes to war, truth is often the first casualty, as people say. And yeah. so sometimes it's hard to de- decipher what's exactly what. But anyway, I'm interested to hear your take on some of the things that have been going on. So welcome, Stan. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here and uh, talk with you there in New Zealand. Um yeah, I mean, you know, in addition to autumn coolness at night, I started noticing some of my uh, tomato plants, you know, they're up in a raised garden, but I noticed some of the leaves and stuff were chewed. So I, I got the security people put another camera in for us to look at that place at night. Do you know what I found? The little devils, there were there were three, uh, four, uh, yeah, like four-point bucks uh, and their mates coming along and eating the tomato leaves, not the plants, oh. not the, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe it cleans their tongue or whatever, but I had a, a laugh when I put the video up from that night and looked at, well, you little devils. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so that's been another problem. It's oh, not I've had problem. to deal with it up at my cabin with deer getting in and eating things badly. When I, when I was in America, I came home and they'd gotten in and done a lot of damage, but hopefully I'm keeping them out now, so... Anyway. They can jump a pretty good fence. I watched them. <sighs> anyway. They can actually let's... go under fences too. That was where I think they were getting in rather than jumping. So anyway, under a, wow, under the ga- a gate was a little bit high. So um, anyway, oh. I haven't had them in for a little while, but that's beside the point, I suppose. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we're both fighting the same kind of battles there. Yeah. We've had some good tomatoes, though. They were late coming. The The season is wrong this year. It was wrong last year, but it's more wrong this year. Arriving late, um, our 
pepper plants, not just us, but our neighbors and everybody else were small. The, the fruit was small. The um, We lost all of the fruit-bearing trees. Uh, their, their blossoms got frozen and then quick thawed, and it killed it. So we didn't have any. We had plenty of grapes, plenty of grapes, enough to make jam and stuff. But, um, you know, and bees, we, we're struggling to find a bee. So yeah, as a result... Have you had have you had trouble with bees there? No, I've still seen plenty of bees, um, which is good at this point, anyway. Well, to to compensate for that, uh, I've gone out. You know, I, I use my vibrating toothbrush, and I have a special you know toothbrush head upon it so it vibrates. But I'll go down and I'll touch the flowers of the plants that we want to germinate, and it vibrates the pollen loose like the the bees do, and then I get plants. Uh, you know, I get uh, fruit and stuff. But I have to play B for a while. Uh, Busy B. Yeah. Now, let's get to let's get to the Middle East at the moment. It uh, it's a real um, worrisome subject. If you, of course, I'm sure everybody listening here knows that uh, Israel's been attacked by Hamas, mm. but Hezbollah has also attacked them on the north, and Syria is now as a pawn or a proxy of Iran is threatening to invade Israel as well through the Golan Heights. Now, that's over there, and people say, "Oh, yeah, well, that's that's bad for the Middle East." You know, yeah, yeah. But think about this: Iran says that there are two Satan's, the little Satan Israel and the big Satan America, and they're coming to us. Of this current government, the Democratic government over the Democratic Party, have allowed millions of illegals to come in from 190 some odd different countries, and we don't know how many of those are young terrorists, and all they need is weapons, which are already in place here in the States. So as of today, what is this, the 18th of October, I'm saying we're going to see smaller uh, things like 9-11 here that are occurring all over the United States. They're going to hit us everywhere and make us frightened. Um, so we're not immune to this. People better get ready for that. And as you and I, many of our people have done, we've prepared for such a breakdown and you know, delivery trucks and, and food and, and water and stuff like that. People better think about this. Um, anyway, now back over the Middle East. I'm not sure that the terrorists attacked Israel without some warning sneaking through to Israel. Uh, you and I have talked about this. Um, it just seems that uh, the information we've got about Egypt telling people beforehand in the United States and in Israel that they're going to be attacked. These were ignored, I think, to draw the the terrorists out, and it probably was more than, than Israel knew. It hurt a lot more than they thought it would, but they wanted to have an excuse to go in and clean up the Gaza Strip there of the terrorists. But not only have you got Hamas, you've got Hezbollah in the north in uh, Lebanon, and of course, you know, the Syrians over, you know, Damas Damascus way and then down toward the Golan Heights. So... This has got to play out now. Um, Israel is uh, tired of being, you know, little attacks, little bomb happenings in the cities, you know, blowing up a school or blowing up a bus. And now then these guys have come in and killed 12 to 1,400 Israeli citizens and Americans that were there as well. That's that's gross and, and uncalled for. So the response has got to be pretty big, not in in number, kind, or way, it's got to be in a manner to get rid of Hamas entirely on the Gaza Strip. They cannot be allowed to stay there, in my opinion. Uh, it has to be cleaned up. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, I would not like to be in the government of, of uh, Israel trying to make these decisions now because it affects not only uh, the Hamas individuals, but the, the, the normal Palestinians and, and, and the Israelis. They're going to be collateral damage to whatever happens. Now, I, Holly wrote in her book, The Prophetic Perils, a section about the Psalm 83 war, where the surrounding Arab nations would get together and attack Israel. Now, that's not Gog Magog. So we looked, in fact, let me just see if I can get a picture of that page in her book here. Uh, said he as though he knew where it was. There's a, a photo I've taken of that. Uh, Damascus here. Okay, yeah. Okay, let me just go down and grab that page here. This is going to be page, I think, 117. Let me bring it up here. 
Okay. And let's share it. Where's the share screen? There we go. Now, how about that one? Yep. I'm seeing a nuclear okay. bomb. Yep. You need to just blow it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, right. I get it. Okay. <laughs> this is this is page uh, 417 of Holly's book. Uh, the, the uh, you know, the prophetic perils yeah. book. Now, in there, she says, okay, uh, the first war to hit will be uh, the Psalm 83 war. And here it lists all of the countries in modern terms and in biblical terms that would surround and attack Israel. And it says here, Palestinian refugees and southern Jordanians, Saudi Arabians, Palestinian refugee, refugees and central Jordanians, Egyptians, Hezbollah and northern Lebanese, all these things are happening now. Um, you know, Palestinian refugees in northern Jordanians, Gaza Strip, and Hamas. Uh, let's see here, Syrians and northern Iraqis, um, Sinai Peninsula, uh, Bahrain, UAE, Oman, Yemen, Kuwait, and Qatar. All these are current events now. Kuwait, um, I'm not too sure, is pronounced war against Israel. But um, they will do so if this is the Psalm 83 war. Now, there's another page just before that. And where is the, where, how do I get to that page? Yeah, okay, there we go. Okay, and this shows something interesting, page 419 of her book. After the Psalm 83 war ends, and I think that we're seeing it beginning now, after it ends, you see here, this this little kind of spot that I'm running the cursor over, that's Israel, and this is the West Bank occupied by Palestinians and whatever now. But after war is finished, the settlement will give a chunk of Egypt all the way down to here, to Israel, half of Saudi Arabia, the upper half, Jordan, Iraq, and half of Syria will be new Israeli territory. Because remember, Abraham was promised, you know, for ever after, the land uh, from Egypt over into the river, which is the Euphrates River. So if they get all this, it's it's going to be a result of the 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 settlement of what happens in the Psalm 83 war, which we do think is occurring right now. Now, it could be wrong, but I mean, I don't see how we can get out of the situation we're in with uh, the Middle East without coming to a real definite conclusion of the situation between Iran and Israel and the United States, because Iran wants to kill us, you know that. So, Interestingly, yeah. though, Iran's not mentioned in those Psalm 83 countries. It is in the Gog-Magog one, but it's not one of those list of countries in the Psalm 83 collection that you just mentioned. That's right, that's right. And I don't think that uh, the strike that, um, um, that Israel is going to be making uh, against Iranian weapons emplacements in Syria is hitting Iran direct because mm. to hit Iran direct would then invite Russia and the probably God may go God group to come now, but that's not going to happen now. What what Israel is most concerned about is the um, the placement of missiles in Damascus, the selling, uh, the, the sending of those missiles to um, uh, Lebanon for the Hezbollah to use and just walk into Israel. Now, and Syria can also come down to the Golan Heights with their missiles and, and attack. And we know that uh, they are at, at uh, now they are released from their nuclear agreement treaty that uh, that Biden reestablished. So they can have nukes, they can have their own, they can have from Russia, whatever. There's going to be a spread of some very bad stuff then. Um let me just uh, call that one up there, keep that one located. Okay. Um, I have pictures from, yeah, I've taken from Google Earth and, and a couple places of the Middle East uh, from the, uh, from the uh, Google Earth. And we, we might call that up here in a minute. I'm just going to see if I can get an overview of the Middle East and share that with you here so we can see what we're talking about. And there we are. Yes. Okay, you see that? Yep. Okay, this is a map of the Middle East, obviously. Uh, let's move over here. Here's um, uh, oh, the Sea of Galilee um, and uh, Lebanon's up this way. 
And here's the Golan Heights coming up through here, back up into Israel. And you can see Damascus over here. It's about it's about 80 to 100 miles from the center of uh, Israel over to Damascus. Very close in um, nuclear bomb terms or you know, missile terms or whatever. Now, if you notice, Damascus is a civilized area, you know, or settled area here with buildings and whatever. And back over here in the mountain range, we have Mount Hermon, where the 200 fallen angels landed, and the same place where Jesus ascended into heaven after he was raised from the dead. Pretty interesting place. But uh, now, if you look at this map of Syria, there is an area called Es Safa, and that's a black area that has 118 kind of mini failed volcanoes. So this whole area is a volcanic area. And we know that the Bible does warn that and Damascus will be destroyed. It says that at night there was Damascus, and then in the day, in the morning, it was a, ru a rubbish heap, a rubble heap that no one would live in. Well, they call these things over here in Esafa and these failed volcanoes that spew up magma and make these black spots. All, here's a black spot here. There are bunches of them all over Syria. They call these ruinous heaps, just like the Bible does. So here is Damascus, uh, a proxy for Iran, you know, and uh, uh, Hamas and uh, you know, all these terrorist organizations that are trying to destroy Israel, but from weapons stored here in Damascus in about 10 places. I'll show you that in a minute. So is God going to protect Israel and make one of those volcanic eruptions come up underneath Damascus and destroy all those missile storage areas that 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 Iran has put in there. Um, that, you know, that's the question. Now, there's a, uh, let's see, we're in overview. Let me just bring up another photo here, which helps us to see the weapons emplacements that Iran has made. This is Damascus, but these are actually Iranian territory ceded to them by um, Assyria. And these orange dots, there's a, uh, well, 10 of them here uh, are various positions of troop barracks, uh, missile weapons barracks from Iran. And if Iran follows the same ideology that Hamas uh, does, is it's going to have its weapons and, and uh, things that it wants to use without Israel being able to stop them in the middle of civilian or occupied areas. Now, that would mean that they would have these things right there in Damascus right there where you see all these little buildings and everything. Now, it's only about seven or eight, well, maybe 10 miles out here to these uh, known, you know, published uh, weapons depots that Iran has. But suppose it's here. Suppose um, Israeli intelligence says it's here. Okay. Now, is God going to destroy Damascus or is Israel? Israel has the capability. It has between 300 and 900 nuclear weapons of some description. Uh, they're pretty secret about where they are and, how, and what kind they are, but uh, uh, a world authority watching all the nuclear nations lists them as three to six, three to nine hundred weapons. And they do have a missile, a third generation of the Jericho three ICBM. It can hold a seven hundred and fifty kiloton nuclear device and deliver it very rapidly. So they could strike Damascus right here in the center, where the city is, and that would take civilians as well. And they may. They may just have to waive that because they're, they're so besieged that they're going to die if they don't. And they're going to hit there to get rid of all these missiles before they are used as nuclear missiles against Israel. And as it is now, Israel has, um, what is it, uh, 350,000 reservists plus their, their normal uh, army. And they're against uh, several hundred thousand of the enemies. And, you know, the Israeli leadership like it or not, they're going to have to make a decision that says, how many of our young men and women in our military forces are we going to sacrifice to defeat the enemies around us? Or are we going to do like the United States did in World War II to save 45,000 soldiers, use a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki? So I don't want to be making that decision, but that is one that may be made. And so Israel may strike Damascus, or God may strike Damascus. But I think we're seeing the time when the destruction of the weapon sites around Damascus and in Damascus need to be 
destroyed or neutered so that they can't be used to, to hit the United States or Israel. Let me just hit that. Sorry. You can bleep that out anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's that. Um, I'm going to show you those 118 uh, spills. You can see the central volcano on Esafat, but you see all these surrounding areas where they, they fail to be as big and, and wonderful as this big volcano here. So in essence, in Syria, the possibility for either God doing it or Israel doing it, you can see why Damascus could be destroyed overnight with something. That's, that's just showing. Oops, sorry, I didn't show you that. It doesn't matter anyway. doesn't matter. All right, now, we've done that. Uh, so, so the okay. U.S. is sending battleships over there at the moment. Do you think that the rest of the world's going to be dragged into this conflict, or is Israel going to be alone in this? Um, the United States may play uh, a, a part. But Israel is going to call the shots on that over there in the, their neighborhood as far as how much help the United States can give them. Because uh, uh, the Iranians and the terrorists view um, Israel and the United States as two legs of the same devil, you know, uh, big and little Satan. Um, we're going to be pulled into that conflict if we do much over there, which we have to do to, you know, to, to help Israel from being totally destroyed. So the, the regional conflict, I think, coming, World War III, I don't see that coming. But people that don't know better all over the world are going to say, oh, my goodness, you know, this is World War III started. We've got to stop this. Now, I don't think they will get that panicked because a lot of nations don't care about Israel. But I don't think they'll get that panicked until it threatens them directly, you know, the, the other countries. And if nuclear weapons were used by Israel or a weapon, then you can see why the surrounding Arab nations would go, oh, wait a minute, uh, King's X, let's don't have this. Let's make a peace treaty. Now, that peace treaty is already in the making, has been since President Trump and his uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner, set up the Abraham Accords. Now, just last month, we saw an interview in Saudi Arabia, a very rare one, with Mohammed bin Salman and the journalist from Fox uh, News. In there, he was, he was asked about his negotiations with Israel for peace. And he says, yes, um, I won't discuss the, the details of it now because we're in negotiations. And then within a couple of weeks, bang, we have a terror attack in, in uh, Israel. So the Bible also says that the Antichrist of this age, or you know, first or second beast, uh, one of them, I think it's the first beast, will come to power, according to Daniel, with the help of a small people. Not a small country, because Palestine is not a country. The Gaza is just a Gaza Strip. It has collections of all kinds of people from all kinds of nations. So Mohammed bin Salman is addressing the, the Palestinian issue in the negotiations with Israel. However he solves this, uh, whether it's giving land to the Palestinians in Saudi Arabia or, or, or whatever he proposes, the world is going to hail him as a really smart guy being able to bring peace to the planet by settling the, the age-old conflict between uh, Israel and the Arab nations there over Palestine and over the land of Israel itself. Watch this. I mean, uh, Jared Kushner is still in play over there uh, with Mohammed bin Salman. Mohammed bin Salman gave him one billion, with a B, billion dollars to an investment fund in the Middle East for Jared Kushner to go about making deals to, to consolidate this Arab nation group into peace with Israel. Now, Jared Kushner is Jewish. Uh, Mohammed bin Salman is Arabic, uh, uh, Sunni Muslim. So we see the pieces coming together to form um, the need for a peace treaty. Now, Daniel says the, the Antichrist of this age will be a prince, and he will be a prince of the covenant, getting the covenant and signing it with Israel. Right now, the only prince doing that is Mohammed bin Salman. Now, in the U.S. press, when uh, President Trump was in, in the White House, they sometimes referred to in the magazines to Jared Kushner as the prince in the White House because he wasn't elected or whatever, and wasn't a president. But I think in the literal sense of the word that the prince that we have to deal with is Prince Mohammed bin Salman on the eastern leg of the old Roman Empire, and the Western Lake goes all the way up to England where we have King Charles. 
So there are a number of players that we have to consider that are possible first and second beast. Now, the second beast is going to make an image to walk and talk and, you know, uh, you know, and represent the first beast who is killed or wounded. And, and, and uh, with the modern AI and intelligent computers and supercomputers, it is possible for an actor to get up, move, speak, whatever, with the voice of, say, King Charles, even though he might not be there, or with Mohammed bin Salman, even though he might not be there, and fool the people by television all over the planet that he's alive and well and talking. I mean, we have the technology to do that real time using quantum computers, and there are three of them that I know of on the planet already working. Um, the uh, There's one other guy. There's one other guy that could be a potential in this game, and, and uh, when I say this, you'll probably think, oh, no. But there was a general in Iran, General Qasem Soleimani, who was killed uh, you know, during Trump's administration. And uh, he was thought to be the leader of Iran to, for the Quds Force to go destroy Jerusalem and then, and then the United States. Well, suppose that he did get killed, but yet his body and his voice will be presented in a um, – you know, a, a make-believe AI creation. I mean, I've seen some of them, and they're just like real humans talking. This would amaze the Arab world. In fact, the whole world, if you see Qasim Soleimani, who was blown to bits, suddenly there and walking, talking, and, uh, you know, saying, I'm back. So he's a possibility. Jared Kushner's a player in there somewhere. Mohammed bin Salman's a player. And possibly in Turkey, um, Soleiman uh, Solyu, the 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 uh, deputy in charge of the interior under um, Erdogan may may take over uh, Turkey, and he may be part of this game. I've, I've got all these mentioned and discussed on the, uh, the slide 13 in my show images page on our website, if you click on show images. Um, we're just seeing all these pieces in place. Now, I did mention to you, I think, before we went on air about Israel having uh, a new technology that made public. A, uh, a laser weapon that can strike a missile 10, 15 miles away and, and cause it to crash, you know, and, and not be able to hit its target. And, you know, the news sources saying this were making like it's a new thing. When I was in Australia and, and during the Reagan administration, the United States tested a laser um, cannon on a shipboard there off of the coast of South Australia, off of Adelaide. And they knocked down what's called a Jendavik drone aircraft that the, the Aussies have. And it was five miles away. And they hit it with this beam and blew it to pieces. Although there was some difficulty with keeping the beam locked on, but they, it did work. And the camera on board this ship that took the pictures, the videos of this for the, the State Department or War Department, operated at 50,000 frames a second to catch this beam leaving, ionizing the air, hitting the target, and destroying it. Now, in subsequent tests uh, here in the United States as well, they found that this laser beam, when it hit the metal of a missile, that it was so hot, it vaporized the spot that it hit and turned it to molten reflective metal, you know, a pool of metal where it hit. And that then reflected 90% of the beam away, so it wasn't effective. And, you know, they had to figure out a ways to, to, to move that beam around. And the other way was that when that beam strikes the target to send around the beam, use the beam as a conductive wire in the air, send a, like a donut, a, a, a toroid of high energy electrons that move down that beam to the target. And then, because they're going like this around the beam to scoop out that metal and throw it out of the way. So they just tunnel right through that. Now that's 50 years ago, 50 years ago, we're much more advanced than that now. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but even if Israel had this, had two or three of these, they can only stop two or three missiles at a time. And when you're getting, getting hit with 5,000 missiles all at once, you can't stop it. I mean, even Iron Dome can't stop it with multiple missiles. So it's not a be all end all salvation to save Israel from her enemies, but it is another thing in the game. And then they place that thing, uh, close to. Uh, the Syrian uh, uh, junction there at uh, the Glen Heights so that they can hit the nuclear missile from Iran if it's launched toward um, 
Israel, they can hit it in the air before it even leaves Syrian airspace and, and bring it down. That's That one application would make it worthwhile. Each of these little laser beams uh, cost a million dollars to build them. So it's not a cheap uh, weapon. But anyway, that's, that's just another uh, kind of added thing to what's happening there in the Middle East. Um, the... Um, you know, I looked at the Land for Peace deal. Since 1969, Israel has made numerous, numerous deals with the Palestinians saying, look, okay, if you'll stop bombing our cities or do this or that, we'll give you this chunk of dirt over here, part of it in the West Bank. And finally, they've ended up at having that whole chunk of the West Bank, and they, the, the Palestinians have reneged on every agreement that the, the Israelis gave them. You know, land for peace, land for peace. And every time the Palestinians have shook hands and then gone against it and, and uh, attacked Israel from within with, you know, uh, bombs, you know, suicide bombers, that kind of stuff. They just have not been, um, well, honorable. They don't honor their, their deals. A lot of people and, would, you know, you get people saying, oh, well, Gaza and so on is just, it's an open-air concentration camp and Israel are like the terrorist country occupiers are doing this, that and the other thing. But what pe- one thing people don't talk about is the fact that Egypt and Jordan won't let the Palestinians in across the border to them because, you know, in the, in the end, Palest- the Palestinians are Arabs, but they're not welcome in Egypt or Jordan or whatever either because it suits them to keep them there. And so, um, yeah, I'm sure the conditions for a lot of the Palestinians are terrible and I wish there was some sort of an answer. But but then when you have a, an outfit like Hamas ruling over them, you can't negotiate with people that are insane in, in, in a sense that they're insanely angry. They have no reasoning. So well, if you're a Palestinian, if you're a Palestinian with Hamas over the top of you, how could how could you have a fair election to get rid of them? You can't. I mean, they'd kill you. Yeah. So yeah, they're in a hard hard place. Well, you know this Arab um, Israel war, uh, Ishmaelite Israelite yeah. war goes back to the time of uh, Jacob and Esau. Yeah. It's an ancient uh, yes. you know fight for for title. And to be honest about it, Jacob, father of you know the twelve tribes. He and his mother cheated Esau, uh, Esau out of his inheritance from Abraham. Um, it, it is what it is. Um, and then later on in life, uh, Jacob and Esau met each other and made peace with each other over all this. But that part of it is neglected. They don't, they don't recall that in the current argument between the Arabs and Israelis, Ishmaelites. But, um, so whoever solves this, if it's Mohammed bin Salman or whoever, is probably going to make land available and resources to the Palestinians that will satisfy the Palestinians' need for food, water, you know, life, happiness, but keep them out of the hair of Israel temporarily. The Antichrist of this age has got to be, but be clever, and he's got to have power. And Mohammed bin Salman has power in the Middle East. He has forty nations that are joined with him in an Arabic union. Um, he is the elephant in the room over there, and if he says. Okay, I'm going to give you a chunk of Saudi Arabia to put the Palestinians in. Let's move them over there, and that will solve the problem. That would appear to solve the problem, but I'm just saying he'll have some kind of a thing that he is, you know, financially, physically able to promise the Palestinians to stop the war, stop the conflict temporarily. And I think that first three and a half years of the tribulation period is going to be a peaceful one. There's going to be, you know, a lot of gift giving and people being happy that we've got this antichrist that's bringing peace to the earth. Now, you know, I I saw a movie uh, in the 70s, a made-for-television called V. We've talked about it, you and I, before, where aliens came to earth, uh, meaning, you know, peace, no harm, and they looked like humans. But when you peeled off their outer makeup, they were really lizards, you know, and uh, come to devour uh, humanity. This kind of a scenario, whether it be, you know, uh, reptilians in fa- false skin or whatever, whether it just be people with uh, that look like us that have um, reptilian DNA somewhere in their, you know, their, their their gene makeup or whatever. But I I see, as I've said many times, that while we're at the threat of a nuclear war all over the planet, which we are 
kind of technically at at the moment, that to solve this, and perhaps if one nuclear device is detonated by somebody, that the fallen ones from Satan posing as messengers of light from other galaxies and whatever will come in in their UFOs, say, look, let us get rid of those um, gray critters and insectoids and reptilians that have been harming humanity. Let us get rid of the Illuminati and all these people who have been ruining the world for you. And let us appoint one of your men, your people, to be the leader of the world. We'll give him the technology he needs to bring peace to the planet. I can see this scenario coming real quick. Um, and people faced, faced with the threat of total nuclear war will, I'm pretty sure, run to that, that solution say, yeah, okay, look, uh, you know, uh, what, do you, what do you suggest? You know, uh, okay, that man's going to be in, based in uh, Turkey at the, the seat there of government. Uh, he's he's going to stop nuclear war, which the UFOs have been reported to have done. They've been able to go to our missile silos and stop them and deactivate them from the air. So whoever is controlling that technology on the planet at that time is going to be able to make some pretty big uh, promises for peace. So people will accept that. Now, are we going to be here, the church? Okay, there's all kinds of discussions about whether the church is lifted up in the rapture just as that happens or in the middle of the tribulation period where you know they've been having three and a half years of peace and suddenly the Antichrist goes bad. And there's even a group that says that that happens at the end of the seven-year period. Whatever it is, it's a time for people who are borderline believers and followers of Jesus to get off the fence, to accept Jesus and the salvation now, to be prepared every day for the, you know, for the good Lord to come and get them and take them to safety or to protect them from, you know, Satan and his minions who are going to be in control of the planet, trying to destroy it. So that's, that's kind of my my sideways uh, reference to salvation being necessary, no matter what you believe on the timing, there is going to be the Lord coming back for his bride, his people. Um, you know, personally, I, I, I hope it's going to be that the rapture occurs before the man of sin is revealed and we're taken to join the army in the heavens and come back and beat the baddies. But that's just me. So, you know, if I'm wrong, I'll still be here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> And the other interesting fact of this is, you know, that it says that they will look on him whom they've pierced and that at the end when Jesus does return. So a lot of, I see this is because the Jewish nation has rejected Jesus um, at this point largely as a nation. I mean, some individuals obviously have accepted Jesus, but the point is at the end when Jesus returns, they're going to have they're not going to have any doubt, they're not going to be able to, that this is the Messiah they rejected, you know, 2,000 years ago. Um, and yeah. a lot of, you know, that, that I see what's happening uh, is leading up to that. It's basically a Well, what about the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that are going to happen during the tribulation sometime? I mean, Israel has got to listen to their own, you know, 144,000 saying, look, he is the Messiah. He was, he is, and he will be our Messiah. So that's going to be a, an impetus for them to, uh, for Israel to, oh, wow, weep and say, we did that to you. Sorry, you know. Um, it's, uh, uh, as far as Israel kind of backsliding at the moment, I saw a, a iPhone video of the southern Israel invasion by the terrorists where they, you know, that, that festival is going on, mm. people dancing, la, la, la. Okay, I thought, right, a rock party. But the, the iPhone image, you know, the, the video panned to the left at one point, and over here I could see a statue of Buddha that they had there at that festival. Now, that's not God. That's a foreign God. Yeah. And so, as painful as it, it is, uh, it's like the Lord was saying, don't do this kind of stuff. This is part of my judgment on you. I don't know, but, you know, it, it just didn't look right. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, so, um, you know, like as a Christian now, because I guess we'd better look to wrap up um, pretty soon, but as a Christian, you know, now, what, what would you suggest we do in this situation and that this difficult time obviously went some very unsettling time? Well, if you're a Christian already committed to the Lord, you know that he's got your best interest at heart and that he will look after you, even if you need to die now from this body before the rapture occurs, that he will make that uh, a peaceful passing for you. He'll take care of you. 
And having gone outside the body and nearly died before, I can tell you that leaving this body is um, it's a relief, actually. The pains and everything stop. So if you have to die before the rapture, don't worry about it. He'll take care of you. If you are alive and the rapture is occurring, whether it be at the beginning of the tribulation, in the middle, or whatever, um, you want to be sure that you've looked up and said to the Lord daily, at least once a day, Lord, here I am. And please find me worthy to get me out of this place, you know, that's run by Satan at the moment and owned by Satan since uh, uh, Adam lost the title deed. But Jesus got it back. He just got to come back and claim the property. So as Christians, prepare yourself spiritually uh, to be with the Lord. But in the meantime, arm yourself with knowledge from the scriptures about what is happening and how people can be saved very simply right where they stand and sit. You know, by saying, okay, God, this is me. I believe in Jesus, your son, and I want him to come into my life and save me. That's important for you to be able to share salvation and the path to it with anyone that you come against or across who is, uh, you know, probably giving you a hard time. But you can say to him, look, look, be at peace. Here's what the good Lord said, and and he's coming. And spread that good news to those around you family, friends, and and enemies, so that they have at least been warned of their options before this stuff really comes down heavy, and it will. I mean, digital money is about here. When that happens, I mean, my bank has been telling me that. Several people's banks have been telling them, okay, uh, you know, get ready. We're going to switch everything to digital money, and uh, we're not going to uh, allow you to have accounts more than $25,000 without cutting them off because we're going to have a, you know, a an economic global uh, system set up so that everybody is taken care of. And uh, this is where I see that the Antichrist is going to be coming out and saying, okay, worship me, and uh, I'll give you my number here in this system. With my number, you can keep your home, keep your job, keep your money, and you know, you'll be taken care of. In fact, I suspect that the New World Order, to solve the economic chaos, is going to be able to say, I mean, because money is just a mark on a page. It's not real. But they're going to be able to say to people who depend on real things, okay, there's not going to be any uh, private trading in gold and silver any longer. That's outlawed. Anybody that does that is a, a terrorist or a hoarder or whatever. What we're going to do now is go digital so we can track all digital income to people and disbursements and get rid of organized crime. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. Okay. You can see the sales page is going to be easily acceptable. And so beware of that. If you are here, you can't take that mark or that number to save your home or yourself or your your income or whatever, which means for those of us that have prepared and stored up, you know, a room full of food and whatever, if you can't own your house, you can't pay taxes without the number, what are you going to do with all that stuff you've accumulated? Are you going to put it in your back and and wander off down the road? I mean, and and if you could, where would you go to? you know, everybody else is going to be on the system. So this is why it's going to be difficult to be a Christian during the tribulation period. You will stand out like a sore thumb. And I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is that the New World Order uh, under Satan's man will say to people, look, you know, your friends or neighbors around you who have accumulated all this stuff, you know, to weather disasters and that kind of stuff, they're hoarders. And if you'll just tell us who they are, we'll give 10% of that stuff to you as we take the rest of it and distribute it in the community. Oh, I get 10% of what they've been hoarding. Great. You know, people will fall for that. And you know, it, it's hard to be pedantic on the details of this tribulation period because we are not God. And even Jesus doesn't know when he's going to be sent for his church or his bride. So what we have to do is prepare to endure everything, even to the point of having the clothes on your back and a knapsack and where your two feet can carry and hope the good Lord can provide for you in the wilderness or whatever. I mean, a lot of people are doing that on street corners now then as they beg for you know money for food or whatever. So it may it may be that, that is the test that we have to endure. I don't know, but we're not where we've prepared for disasters and things like that may temporarily be ours to use and share with our neighbors. But when the new world economy is set up, is out of our control. I mean, we will lose everything if we follow the scriptures and don't receive that mark or that number. Yeah, 
It's mm, an interesting perspective, Stan. So can you just tell our listeners where they find you online? Well, our main website is standeo.com, S-T-A-N-D-E-Y-O.com. Um, the, we have been updating that in the past uh, every day for five days a week, but Holly and I decided that it was time for us to spend some time with each other and, uh, you know, not have 10 hours of the day taken out with her being gathering all the news for people. I mean, they're, they're able to look for news. And so occasionally we'll put up things that will uh, be of interest and comfort to people. But there on that site, um, there's a link to show images, which is uh, to a subsite that I, I update periodically myself, which is made for various interviews that I do. I put up pictures, as you know, on that mm-hmm. uh, and articles and link to them. And in there, I have uh, you know discussions of who might be the Antichrist and all kinds of other things, oil and Israel and that kind of stuff. But um, the the books and stuff, we still sell them off that website uh, onto our shopping cart. And by the way, we just got in stock of Holly's book, Dare to Prepare, on how to prepare for things. Um, and we were out of stock for about three weeks here. Just We had a huge run on the book. Um, and the other thing, you know, I don't know about your listeners, how many of them are down in, in uh, Australia or New Zealand there, but um, if you can, uh, you can uh, you should order an EMP shield because not only are our countries at risk for an EMP burst, particularly the United States and possibly Australia, from an, uh, an enemy combatant of some sort, we are at risk from the sun itself sending a coronal mass ejection and a solar wind burst like it did in 1859 at the Carrington event. And now it would virtually wipe out all communications and all banking and everything because it would fry any system, any computer, any power system, whatever, that was not grounded to take away this huge voltage from the CMP pulse and throw it into the ground underneath instead of throw all of your equipment. So that's that's another thing. If you are able to get an EMP shield for your car, your home, your your uh, freezers, and things like that, now's a good time. Um, I don't know how much you know how how long uh, uh, that will serve you because the sun, according to scripture, is going to do something else in this period of irregular behavior. It's going to throw off a, a bunch of stuff off the surface of the sun, and it's not going to be like a, a red giant or you know, a a nova, but it's going to throw off a shell. And it says the light of the sun at that time will be seven times brighter than it is in the daytime now. For a brief period of time, it's going to fry the surface of the sun, uh, sorry, surface of the earth that's facing the sun. And as the earth keeps turning, of course, and that, that flash will have passed us, but it will have done a huge amount of damage probably to North America, Canada, and part of the northern part of South America, will get receive this heat burst, but not the whole planet. It, uh, and that that period of time is close, I think, because the sun is becoming very erratic, and it's been twice as active as forecast by NASA and NOAA this time. Um, and, we, and we just see right now that the north and south pole of the magnetic fields of, of the sun are skewed like this. They Instead of just nicely, tidally inverting, north becoming south, south becoming north, this one up here started turning a year and a half ago, and it's kind of out of here split out. And this one is now starting to turn, so we're having this turmoil in the sun. So its magnetic field is not stable. And ours is weak and getting weaker by the day, our magnetic field. And it is controlled by the magnetic field of the sun. And they're linked with the, these fine tubes that, that, that join us. So we could lose our magnetic field for a period of time while this change is going on. It's going to screw up everything. So it's a time to be prepared. And, you know, if you've got solar power and generator power and stuff for a while for you and your neighborhood, protect it. Get an EMP shield on it. So whether it's the sun or whether it's a nuclear detonation over the United States or possibly Australia, I don't know whether they use a nuke in Australia. It's probably not profitable for them to do it. But anyway, if you're in an area which might be struck by a military EMP pulse, then you need to get the EMP shield for your your and you have a link to the EMP Shield website on your standao.com website, right? Yes, it's down about a third of the way down the page. We have a, a whole block discussing it and how to use my um, investor or my my owner code um, to get uh, what is it uh, fifty dollars off every unit you buy if you use a you know, Deo hyphen Shield when you order whatever you're ordering. 
Um, there are a lot of things happening with our company that uh, in normal times would make it a, a huge, great investment for people, but we can't discuss that now um, because of the, the rules of the stock exchange here. But the government, state and federal government, have jumped in behind us in a huge way to help us build factories to make chips and things like that. Uh, whether we have time to finish all that, it's another question. I mean, Taiwan's an issue, the Middle East is an issue, and the invasion of our country by several million people that don't even, they aren't even citizens, they haven't even applied and they're draining our resources. And so many of those are wanting to destroy America. I talked to one of my military friends the other day and I said, you know, we're done. We can't get out of this now. We're committed to a destruction of this country by these invaders. It's just a matter of time now until we realize it. Mm, yeah, and yeah, there's so many other things going on in the world. It all converges. Well, Stan, mm. I guess we better leave it there, but um, that was a fascinating uh, point of view on a lot of things, a lot of food for thought. So thank you again for coming on the Minutes to Midnight show today. You're most welcome, sir. I enjoy the chat with you always, and it's good to see your smiling face. Yeah, we'll <laughs> have to do it again soon. Okay, why not? Cheers. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Bye. Stan. Bye. Folks, also remember our website is a minute to midnight.com and please subscribe to us at our website there. And we do run a minute to midnight 100% by donations. And if you want to help us, you can donate at the website. And also the music used in the shows I've written, played and recorded as well. So God bless folks and God willing, we'll be back with another show in a few days time. The Fringe Radio Network is supported by advertising and donations. But Tony K and A Minute to Midnight is supported 100% by donations only. Please visit aminutetomidnight.com and support Tony K and his family. Tony K needs your help. So we ask you to visit A Minute to Midnight and support him. Aminutetomidnight.com You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. Fringeradionetwork.com. <laughs>